Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Change Up. I am Owen Holmgren, joined once again by Taylor West and Teddy Conover. Uh, this is our first episode in quite a while. Our last episode, I think we interviewed Brett Hollander. This, we have no special guest today. It's just us three. And uh, as about, what is it, six, six days ago, baseball has returned. The MLB is back. So we finally have some things to talk about um, among the three of us. Uh, and I think the first thing we want to touch on is I don't even want to talk about it. I'll hand it off to one of you guys, but because um, it hurts my feelings too much. Uh, Mookie Betts' new contract with the Dodgers. You, one of you guys take it over because I can't do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, just a lot of money, 12 years, 365 mil. Um, I mean, it's just an unbelievably large contract. He's and, never gone back to the Dodgers. There's ever. been many reports released. Like, he loves, he loves L.A. He loves playing in L.A. He loves it. He loves Lucky it enough. so much. It's the most fun he's ever had playing baseball. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, to, be fair, to be fair, the Dodgers did lose their opening series against the Giants, who are terrible um, mm-hmm. at home. So, you know, maybe he's not, he's not helping as much as they thought, but it is early in the season. Yeah, However, I think this season so far has been extra compelling in that rather than it's 162 games normally, it's only 60. So it's like we're already, you know, what, 10%? Some teams have played six games, 10% of the way through the season. Um, so it's just really fun to watch. Um, and, and just sort of going off with Mookie Betts' sadness um, for Owen, the Red Sox are, are super bad. They're, um, they're one and four, right? One and four. One and four. So they lost their, ser- their opening series at home to the Orioles. It takes a lot to lose a home series to the Orioles. They only won. We'll touch on the and very few, very few series home or away. Um, and it, what, it, what it's really looking like is that this starting lineup for the Red Sox is, is, is unbelievably bad. Um, and Taylor, you can delve into the specifics, but other than Nivaldi, it's, I mean, obviously the injury to Chris Sale hurts literally yeah. and literally, but it's just uh-huh. like, how do, you, how do you be this bad in a baseball team? Well, as Red Sox fans, we all knew coming into the season, especially once Eduardo Rodriguez got, coronavirus we were hoping for him to come back but um he's developed some sort of heart disease so prayers up to Eduardo Ruiz for a speedy recovery but uh without him there's nobody I mean we knew that already uh we've got Evaldi who's who's really our only good option pitching and then there's to fill out the rest of our rotation we've had Ryan Weber, Martin Perez, Josh Osich and Matt Hall um those last two guys I'd never heard of until the day they started pitching um the offense is the offense is slow for some reason. They're supposed to be a top five lineup in baseball, and they're struggling. Yeah, when, so when you look at the Red Sox lineup, they should be good. I mean, they should be, but there's best players. Yeah, Ben Attendee's having a tough time. He's the Red Sox just released their lineup for some reason. He's hit. He's leading off again today. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. He hit ninth yesterday, struck out twice. He's he can't hit the baseball to save his life right now. He's only hits a, a bunt down the third baseline that really should have been an error, but they gave him a hit. Yeah. So, so interestingly, you know, a, a sort of a flipped story. We have the Red Sox, who have been very good recently, won the World Series in 2018, and then are now struggling. On the other end of the side, the San Diego Padres look really good. They look really good at baseball. And it's not. I mean, people expect like they're really good. They're, and it's it's a little bit surprising. It's also a little bit not because that's the Padres are one of those teams where in a 60 game season that people were saying they could actually compete. You know, they have the pieces. They have some good good players down there. Uh, most notably, obviously, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis. And their bullpen, the back end of their bullpen is probably the best in the, in the league with Kirby Yates. So 
they're they're a team to look out for that they're gonna in a 60 game season especially they're gonna compete and the future of that team is just the the ceiling is as high as it gets in california ah uh, absolutely not but not yet <laughs> one of the one of the things for, pretty good for that but one of the big storylines of the season would have been the Astros on the road. And I think that this, the coronavirus is so helping them not have to deal with that. I mean, they'll deal with it to an extent when they get back. People won't forget. But, I mean, last night was kind of our first show. Into, like, it's, it's Dodgers, uh, Astros, the team that lost to them in the World Series after they cheated. Joe well, last night wasn't as bad as most people, I think, would have thought it was. There were no hit Astros were hit by a pitch. Well, yes. Joe Kelly was that two nights ago, or like, or did he did he miss someone? Yeah, I think he's left. He, he said he said I think there was like a a brawl or something, but Joe Kelly said he like didn't mean to cause any harm or anything. But um, regardless, uh, I I mean he, he threw it. In. Yeah, exactly. You, you should try to hit these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no problem with people throwing out the Astros. I mean, yeah. they cheated. They don't deserve the World Series. You can say a lot about it. But they don't deserve the World Series, I can say. Yeah. Sorry, I lagged out for a second there. But as I was saying, um, Joe Kelly last night just reminded me of how much of a fan I am of his. I mean, he's, he's said in the past that uh, when he throws his fastball, he's got no idea where it goes. He just kind of throws it as hard as he can. So he's always had control issues, which you could chalk some of those. Like he, threw a, he threw a slider at uh, Carlos Correa's head yesterday. I'm sure that was not on purpose. Um, it was like a first pitch 86-mile-an-hour curveball or something at his head. I'm sure it wasn't on purpose, but um, the way he talked to Correa after that bat just kind of summed up the the feelings of all baseball fans around the world. Like, oh, sorry, you didn't know what pitch was coming. Yeah. Great to see it. Yeah. And, um, another another thing I'm looking at the uh, standings that seems to stand out to me is uh, the Chicago White Sox with all their offseason moves starting really poorly, one and four at the bottom of the AL Central. Um, you know. It's a it's a good division. The Indians, Twins, and and for some reason the Tigers have gotten off to a good start. The Tigers, but they're they in the division, or they're close to it. They were a couple of days ago. Yeah, but that, the White Sox are another one of those teams, like the Padres. They're they're a very young team. They've got a ton of good prospects, um, and it's just going to take them. It's going to take them time. They got yeah, you know, Yoan Moncada, Luis Robert, Luis. I think it's pronounced Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. I mean, they're 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 loaded with young talent. So. Yeah. It's, all, it's also something we do at the beginning of every season where we're like, oh, my God, a team's one and four. That's the end of the, it's the, end of the world. Yeah. And although it may mean more this year than it does in the past, remember, you always got to remember, the Orioles started four and one last year, and they finished, I think, 58 and one, one, uh, 54 and 108. So the first five games of the season are just – a minor step stepping stone in the entire the of the season. Yeah. It's yeah. All right. But speaking of the rest of the season, let's get into these predictions for some of these season long awards. Um, and, and let's kick it off with AL Cy Young. Who we got Owen. Well, so originally for this pick, I had what um, I had Michael, Mike Clevenger uh, pitcher for the Indians who most people, a lot of people surprisingly, uh, picked Clevenger as their Cy Young pick for the AL at the beginning of the year. It kind of caught me off guard. So I had him originally, um, but then I switched it to his teammate, Shane Bieber, the all-star game MVP last year, the hometown hero. Bieber, I think, struck out, what, he struck out 13 in the first game of the season? Something around 13. He had an incredible debut. Uh, 
I've he's one of my favorite pitchers in the league. He's one of my favorite players overall in the league. Um, so now, yeah, without, now without Corey Kluber over his shoulder, he can really shine for the Indians. Yeah. And Taylor, Taylor. Your, your pick? Um, so originally I was going to go with uh, Alex Cobb, you know, because, you know, I believe he's going to have a huge comeback this season. But I can't quite get to it. I don't think the Cy Young will come out of the AL East. I just it, – it's just – there's so many big hitters in the AL East. And even a lineup like the Orioles, who don't have a good lineup, can do damage – We'll see you against Garrett, Garrett Cole tonight. Um, but I actually think um, – uh, oh, God, who was I going to go with? Oh, yeah, Mike Clevenger. Um, yeah, I think he's going to win it from the Indians. Yeah. All right, there you go. Well, uh, speaking of the AL East, I, I guess I disagree with you there. I like Garrett Cole. You know, last year he, I think, was a 20-win pitcher. He didn't lose from, like, May to till the World Series or something extremely talented guy and really secured the bag with the Yankees. Um, and, you know, pitching tonight against the Orioles, that'll probably pad the stats. Um, and, and I think it works out for him. I mean, I don't know how great he's been so far for the Yankees, but I mean, although the AL East is tough, you still play other teams. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. The I mean, NL, I, uh, uh, yeah. what's up? Sorry. I mean, normally I'd, I don't like the Yan- the pick because, you know, the Yankees' ballpark is such a hitter's ballpark. But the Yankees are so good this season, and Cy Young relies way too much on wins. We saw it with Rick Porcello a couple of years ago. Oh, that was a joke. It was an absolute joke that he won with Cy Young. He had, like, a th- over three ERA. Zach Britton. Well, just because he had 20 wins. Yeah. yeah I mean, wins, wins are, like, are, really don't matter, in my opinion. I, I, I don't look at wins when I look at a pitcher. Um, but – I think Garrett Cole could definitely win because he's going to rack up the wins this year. With the, the NL Cy Young, usually a, a slightly, you know, a, a competitive race because there's no DH in the NL. Now there is a DH, a DH yeah. in the NL this year starting. Um, and, and Owen's going to make his pick for the NL Cy Young. And I just want to make one more comment on the DH in the NL. That, sh- that changes a lot of things that people don't realize. Like we see with the Mets, Yoenis Cespedes is – reviving his career right now because that DH spot's available in the NL. I mean, he's missed the last, I don't even know how many games he's missed, but it's been a couple of years where he's been constantly on and off injured and been, been unable to play. And right. being it's able to obvious. also it's like, it's like in game strategy can change, right? You don't have to like take out pitchers like you do and pinch hit and stuff normally like late in the yeah. game um, like you did before, but continue. Anyways, uh, for my National League Cy Young, I have, the one and only Trevor Bauer. Um, Trevor Bauer, another one of my favorite players. Uh, he's probably got the most social media presence out of any major league baseball player there is. Um, he's the only one who really utilizes it to spread the love for the game. That's been a problem in the MLB the past couple of years. But he also got off to a hot start. I think he also struck out 13 in his uh, debut. He was throwing harder than I think I've ever seen him throw before. So I've got Trevor Bauer. One more thing about Trevor Bauer. He's on the Reds now. And the Reds rotation, I think, has flown under the radar. Because when you have Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo, and but neither of them are your opening day starter, I mean, I think the Reds might have the best rotation in baseball right now with Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, and uh, or at least the front end of the rotation, Sonny, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, and Luis Castillo. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Bauer is pretty much blown under the radar for his entire career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Going like he would pitch behind Kluber and Carrasco and the Indians, who were two of like the best pitchers in the AL, and he was right there at a solid three, yeah. and the Indians had better pitchers. But for my NL Cy Young, I'm going with Jack Flaherty, who already got off to a very hot start, had a good season last year. I think the Cardinal is going to win the NL Cy Young. 
Yeah, I had Jack Flaherty as my sleeper pick. He's uh, one of my favorite pitchers to watch. I got to see him mm, several years ago when the Cardinals were in Baltimore, but I don't really remember much about it. He's just – he's really good, and he's a really good guy too. But regardless, I'm going to take more chalk and go Jacob DeGrom. His opening day start looked unbelievable. Um, I mean, he last year went on a stretch of pitching that has really not been seen in a while. Uh, 2018, he was super good as well. Um, and I'm just remembering back to the days when we had uh, – it's going to be tough, but, I mean, what's to, what's to stop him, right? I mean, I just – I remember the days when the Mets rotation was Matt Harvey, Jacob deGrom, and Noah Syndergaard. I mean, it's gone now, but that's still – kind of fresh in our minds, regardless, uh, a bigger of uh, a bigger event, the MVP, the, the, best MVP. The, the real, the real homie. Who do we got? Oh, and this looks weird. My American league most valuable player is Whit Merrifield of the Kansas city Royals. Now the Royals are often a team I forget exists um, because they never really, yeah, they, haven't, they haven't done anything since 2015. Um, and I feel like the, the hype on Whit Merrifield has just been piling and piling and piling. And last year was his best year so far. I think he led the, he led the AL in steals. Um, but I think this is the year. He's already off to a hot start. He's got a couple homers. This is the year he really unlocks that full potential and has a, has a breakout year. So I'm taking Whit Merrifield. Ted, I'm kind of going to go with your like little chalk. I don't know how chalk this is. But I'm going to go with Giancarlo Stanton. I think, you know, he's beefed up in the offseason a lot. You know, he, had a, he didn't have a great first year in the Yankees. But I think he's going to come back to his form that he was in on the Marlins. He's going to have a great year, going to bat over 300, going to hit, let's see, 60 games. Let's say, let's say he hits 25 home runs. I mean, that's a lot of home runs. Um, and he but, hit one that went like 500 feet. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I think it was 483. And it's down, yeah. like, really the only place where you hit 500 footballs is Colorado. And it was at sea level where he hit the 483 feet bomb. It's crazy. Yeah, very impressive. I mean, that Yankees batting rotation is is pretty absurd. There's not a lot of breaks you get as a pitcher there. But um, I'm going to take one of Owen's favorite players I know. He's a big fan, Frankie Lindor of the Cleveland Indians. He's, he's a four-time All-Star from 2016 to 19, but he's never won the MVP. Um, Indians leading the AL Central right now. Pretty good team. Um, and uh, – He's a hell of a player. I remember in the 2016 World Series how clutch he was. I didn't end up – I didn't win, but he, he's still really good. Um, I almost went with Fun player to watch. He's only 26. Like, he, he really has a lot left to, you know, make in his career. Um, yeah, so NL MVP. Uh, Owen. This uh, one was this one was tough for me because I was in between a few guys. Um, the first guy I was, I was contemplating was Taylor knows how much I love him, Nicholas Castellanos. Uh, who's one of my favorite players in the league. I love Nicholas Castellanos. I think he's extremely underrated. Um, so I almost went with him. Uh, and then I went to – I looked at Anthony Rizzo was my second pick. Um, Rizzo's hit – I think I think he had three home runs in his first four games. So, But I ended up going with Ronald Acuna Jr. Not off to the best start, but he's going to be one of the best players. And he already is, really, but he's going to be a top three player in baseball, I believe in the next two or three years. I mean, he has the talent. He has all the tools that you need. He's a five-tool player. Um, so I'm taking Ronald Acuna of the Atlanta Braves. Speaking of five-tool players, I mean, how can you rule out the man, Manny Machado, from this conversation? Oh, and I know you hate the guy, but you can't deny he's a hell of a ball player. And 
I believe he's going to have a great season, bat 350. I yeah, remember it's 60 games. If you look yeah. at last year, probably 400 would be the league. But, I mean, Manny Machado is playing on probably, I'm going to say, the best team in baseball. Um, so, Right now or overall? Yeah, I was going to say, that's a hot take. <laughs> I think overall. I mean, only the, Yan- the Yankees can only rival them. And, I mean, I think they have a – I don't know. Taylor coming in with the heat instead of the changeup. He's coming in with a fastball. Regardless, um, NL MVP in 2018, Christian Yelich. I like him to repeat. Last year, he literally led the ML the MLB in slugging and led the NL in um, in on base percentage. And he secured a major contract in the offseason, biggest contract in Brewers franchise history by far. Uh, if you think about it, we we maybe have like. If you picked the greatest outfields from a particular era, can you really beat Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, and Mike Trout like that we have right now? Uh, it, it'd be tough to look back over MLB history. I think you can beat it and uh, put Mookie Betts in there, but uh, exactly. I mean, or, or it's a. It's I think because I think what when you think of also the big three of baseball, I feel like there's Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and Christian Yelich are the three guys. That's how I see it right now. I think Bellinger, if he can repeat again, he's been inconsistent in the past. If he can repeat again the year he had last year, then it, I'll put him up into that status. But right now, I think Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and Christian Yelich are really the three guys right now who are yeah. far all, all MVP winners, all good guys. But we got an interesting little prediction here. Home run champ, Owen, I know this is a very important stat to you. Who do you got? This is a very important stat. Uh, and this was another one I was, I was caught up on. I almost went with Anthony Rizzo again. Uh, I almost went with Giancarlo Stanton, but I hate the Yankees, so I decided against it. I went with a little bit of a sleeper pick with um, Marcelo Zuna, of the uh, another Braves guy. Um, he was he was signed by the Braves this offseason, right? Yep. He he hit his he was with the Cardinals last year. He hit his first home run a couple of days ago with uh, down to their last strike in the ninth inning, um, and I loved what I saw. I've always I've always thought Marcelo Zuna was in, was one of those players who people really kind of overlooked. I feel like he's always been in a, been a good player. Um, the year before Giancarlo Stanton won MVP, that outfield was Stanton for the Marlins. It was Stanton, Yelich, and Ozuna. And that year, Ozuna was the best of the three, you could argue. So I'm going to go with Marcelo Ozuna for the home run champ. Big-time power, big-time guy, big-time swing. So on the on our little prediction sheet, I wrote down a lot of ridiculous things. But possibly the most ridiculous is I'm going to actually go with. Oh. Rio Ruiz. Oh. With two home runs through three games, the, Ori- the Orioles had the home run leaders from 2014 to 2017, 2013 to 2016, four in a row. 2012 to 2016, 15. Sorry, I'm fairly certain it was 13 to 16 because it was Davis, Cruz, Davis, Trumbo. But anyway, <laughs> Rio Ruiz. I said John Carlo would hit 25. Rio Ruiz is hitting 27 bombs this year. Got a great start. I mean, what can you say about the guy? He's an underdog. Oh, be, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to love it. But uh, I think I'm going to take more chalk. It's just been a chalky day, and I, I, I feel it again. Pete Alonso, polar bear last year, as a rookie, hit the record for home runs. He's already got one through. Uh, that was through the hardest hit I've ever seen in my entire life was the home run he hit off of. Who who know who God knows who was pitching for the Red yeah, Sox. Yeah, I, I mean to be to be fair, getting a series against the Red Sox is kind of an advantage um, if you're in the home run race. But um, he is only batting 100 right now, but it's it's only through 28 bats, so don't 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 get scared. Um, but 
his his ability to just get up there. He's got a nice nice swing, and uh, and he he you know he cranks it out there. So I like I like Alonzo to win. And uh, Owen, one of your favorite segments coming up: hot or not. Last this year, actually, stars. This, this was a list. So, so hot or not is is basically, you know, you got a player who was very good last year. Is he going to stay hot? Is he not? And maybe it's going to be a player who was not good last year. Is he going to stay not or stay or come hot? I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, so the first player is Mookie Betts. And this is a big storyline. I mean, he was excellent on the Red Sox for many years. And I'm going to say he stays scorching hot this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's off to a, he's not, he's not for the hottest start. Um, the Dodgers recently put him back in the leadoff spot. Last couple games, I think he was one for four, and he went two for four against the Astros last night. Um, I mean, he's, like I said before, there's really three guys that trump over everybody else, and Mookie's one of them. So I bet he has another year of dominance. Yeah, I mean, he's 27, prime of his career. I, it, would be, it would be absurd to say that he's, he's not a performer. But on the pitching side of things, Garrett Cole, I think we know my opinion on this, that he stays hot. Uh, for the Yankees coming coming from the Astros, but Owen, oh, does does Garrett Cole stay hot or not? Well, Garrett Cole from our or one of our previous podcasts, I picked him as the best pitcher in the league. I have since changed my opinion to Jacob Degrom, but Garrett Cole's still up there. I hate a lot that he's on the Yankees now, but he's still going to stay hot. I mean, he's had one start. It got against the Nationals on opening day. Got rained out after five innings. Um, he looked dominant as ever, gave up one home run, and then after that he was locked down. So Garrett's going to stay hot. He's just – I mean, that's just who he is. I'm going to say he's not going to stay hot. I think recently, like, stars that have gone to the Yankees have gone there to die recently. I mean, it's just been – it's, it's – Yeah, I mean, especially pitchers. I think that Garrett Cole is going to have above four era. I, I know that's like – that, that's hot, but it's very hot. But he's pitching in a lead in a division that has a lot of power, that has a lot of potential, and and that's basically all the games you're playing. You're just playing your division, and you're going against the NL East, which also has a lot of big hitters and potential. So I think Garrett Cole kind of drops off this year. Okay. Um, all right, Owen, you want to talk about our next uh, next yeah. hitter? Next, we got Eugenio Suarez. So, Eugenio slowly, for out of, out of nowhere, crept into the NL MVP race last year. Um, I mean, he just got hot, and then he stayed hot the entire year. Um, for those of you who don't know, Teddy didn't know who this was before the podcast started. He's the, he's the shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, and I think last year was about as good as a year as he's ever going to have. I mean, he's a really talented player. He's got a lot of power. Um, this year he's off to a slow start. I think he was up there with the in the home run race too last year. I don't remember how many he had, but he was up 47. there. Forty seven, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. So he's yeah, he's got a lot of power. I don't think he's I, I think he'll have another decent year. He's I don't think he's gonna have the same year he had last year. Well, I'm looking in the lineup right now and he's not even starting in tonight's game against the Cubs. Um, but I'm not gonna take, you know, solace off of that. I, I just I mean with with how sort of quirky he was, um, I'm going to say he, he does not stay hot this year. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I mean, with the season he has last, he had last year, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near those types of numbers. He goes pretty cold this year, I'd have to say. And the next one is a kind of it is the one that me and Owen have been talking about a lot. Um, oh, I, I was going to go with uh, Raphael, Ted. Um, I want to start with Raphael. Rafi yeah, Devers. So Raphael has had a horrible start to the season. He really struggled against the Orioles. Oh, well, I, I, I'm going to say he's not going to be hot. Well, here's the thing with Rafi Devers. He hit 311 last year. He was arguably the best third baseman in the AL, maybe in all of baseball statistically last year. Uh, he's already made three errors this year in five games. He's, his defense has always been a struggle for him. People have noticed that he's put on some weight. Um, not Pablo Sandoval weight, but he's put on a little bit of amount of weight. He, he can still keep the belt on when he slides. Keep the belt on. But his biggest problem is he likes to swing it just about everything. And we were noticing time, that I, when I was watching the Red Sox-Mets game the other day, he swings at every first pitch he sees. Like, he, he, he does not know the meaning of, like, take a pitch. That's, that's, I think that's – people didn't realize that last year. Now that people have had the time to watch some tape, and they're just not throwing him strikes. And he swings at it as hard as he possibly can, every single pitch, as hard as he can. So yeah, it's been pitch, a tough start, four for 21. But the last, the last couple games, yesterday I think he had two hits. He's starting, to, he's starting to heat up a little bit. He's starting to get a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more selective. So does Rafi have the year he had last year? Uh, I'm going to say no. But I think he's going to have another decent year. Um, he's going to be sitting in a three-hole all year. So it'll be interesting to see, though. I mean, look, when you're on a losing ball club, like, is there a lot of motivation to be great? I wouldn't say so. The Red Sox sort of have cultivated this losing culture um, and, uh, and not, not a lot of success. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd say Devers does not remain hot. I'm sure Taylor agrees. I, I completely agree. He's not. Yeah. All right. So this is the one that I was, I was looking forward to. A guy that last year had, you know, a, a, a slight down year, an above three ERA, Clayton Kershaw. He was 16 and five still, but, like, you know, I think he was just a, a tad bit below those MVP years. Um, regardless, though, I like him to come back hot this year. I think a short, you know, a short season, a lot of rest. Um, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's, uh, what is he, like 36, 32? He's not that old. He's up there. Um, but still, yeah, I, I, I mean, on a great team, I like him to come back hot. Yeah, well, he's, he's – Clayton's obviously a, a Hall of Famer, not, not a doubt about it. He's one of the best pitchers ever. Um, but I think at this point in his career, I don't even know if I would put him as the number one pitcher on the Dodgers, if I'm being honest. Last year was even more questionable when they had Tungjin Ryu, but this year with Walker Bueller, I'm not so sure if I have Clayton as the number one pitcher on the team. Do I think he has a better year than last year? Yeah. I mean, he's Clayton Kershaw. Um, once I get to the playoffs, that's the real question. He's historically struggled in the playoffs. I mean, the, the, the national series last year was, was rough. It was, it was hard to watch. Um, <laughs> and against, as a Red Sox fan, I watched the 2018 world series and he, he struggled pretty heavily then too. So I think Clayton's going to, I think Clayton's going to have a better year than he did last year. I think, um, I, I don't know. I think he's going to have a pretty similar year. I'm going to say he doesn't become hot, but I'm not going to say necessarily he becomes cold. Um, I think he has kind of the same year, but you know, he's, he's been dealing with injuries early in the year. He just was put on the IL. So we'll see. I think he'll still have a hold that above three year. Right? just cause you know, it's going to be really tough to get 
like below three, as hard as it is in the AL, I mean, it's going to be a lot harder than in the NL now. Um, but, you know, that's, I, I think that Clayton Kershaw will not be hot. Yeah, so the, this last one, uh, I think we know my opinion on this and Taylor's opinion on this. Is Jack Flaherty going to stay as absolutely red hot as he was last year? After the All-Star break last summer, he uh, he had a .91 ERA. That's that is that is unbelievable. Like that, that, is, I, that, that is that is in today's MLB where pitchers don't pitch very much. That's actually insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and hot here is sort of a, a speculative term. Like, does hot mean that level, or you know, does it mean just all star? Uh, and I I say he he probably still makes the all all star team if they're even having a team like that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I like him to stay pretty hot. Not as hot because it's impossible, but pretty hot still yeah I have I have flared I mean a 0.91 ERA even if it's just half a season is top top I think there were a couple guys who had a little bit lower than him but that's a top three yeah and he's only 24 like it's okay yeah I know he's he's I have him I think he's gonna stay hot I don't think no he's never gonna repeat 0.91 ERA in half a season definitely not the full season because that's impossible but I think he's going to stay hot. He's one of the best young pitchers in the in the league right now. Um, so, yeah, I think Larry has another good year. All right, now, Owen, I know you and I have been talking about this a lot recently. So, the fate of MLB this year, the, about half the Marlins team tested positive. They had a really rough go of it. But other than that, it seems pretty optimistic ever since we got that news. You know, Rob Manfred's giving his words of encouragement. I mean, you can say all you want about Rob Manfred, but, you know, he, he got the season going. I mean, he got the season going before the NBA, before the NHL. Which but he got him going before, but he, he's not running it as well as those uh, leagues are. And I understand that it's much harder because the MLB, the NHL and the NBA already had most of their season before this all happened. They don't have to play as many games. You can't lock MLB players up in a bubble for 60 80 days depending on how long their season goes Mm -hmm. but this Marlins outbreak is really an eye-opener I think they Manfred said that they were almost expecting something like this to happen it was pretty much destined to happen Um, especially in Miami Miami's right in the thick of it right now when you look at teams like Miami Texas Houston Atlanta all the California teams they're not and New York especially too it's 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 really a tricky situation, especially with all the travel. Um, I mean, I, they did a good job mapping it out. So the NL East plays AL East, the NL Central plays AL Central, and it's all they're all they're all close to each other, relatively close to each other um, on a U.S. map. So their travel isn't going too far, but it's still. I mean, the Marlins are not playing until at least Monday. They're missing almost a whole week of baseball. The Phillies, the Yankees voted to not play the Phillies. Um, I think the Yankees are playing a couple games against the Orioles now. Tonight. Yeah. Tonight. Um, so I, it's it's tough for me to see them playing a full 60. If, if another team – like if uh, – they were talking about this on TV the other day. If, the, um, if this were to happen to the Yankees, it would be a whole different story, right? If the Yankees had 18 players test positive for coronavirus, it's a completely different story than if the Marlins. Because then you have one of the best teams in baseball losing – five of their coaches and their entire starting lineup to coronavirus, right? For the Marlins, nobody really cares because the Marlins are bad. Um, so Thanks, I guess 
they're going to have to call up a bunch of guys that they have at their alternate site, which is pretty much where they keep all their AAA players. Um, so the Marlins are going to be look like an average AAA team for the rest well, of the season. I, I don't think that's – I mean, I think it's if, – if they're not going to play until Sunday and all these guys test positive. Um, that's something, I guess. I mean, the, and I think most of them are fine. Like, if we're going to be honest, like, most people, like, the vast majority of people that get coronavirus at that age end up being completely fine. And I know Erod's the one case in sports that I've heard has revolved into – whole nother thing if related to that um but i i think you know give a couple of days after they all contest negative they're all clear i think the morals will be back to form i think the one thing that it shows is that it's a pretty bad side for the nfl because the nfl is definitely not doing a bubble because you can't keep i mean there are way more personnel in the nfl than any other league um and also they have an entire season to play like five months of football so they're obviously not doing a bubble. And, um, I mean, you just – as, like, coaches, you just got to hope, like, that your players are responsible. And, and honestly, like, you know, these guys are in their mid-20s. Like, they want to, you know, enjoy their life while they're playing sports. So it's kind of a lot to ask sometimes. But It's kind of like Lou Williams in the, in the NBA. Yeah, Lou Williams. I mean, right. yeah. you can't really – like uh, a lot of the Instagram comments were like, can you blame the guy? Can you? Like, yeah. Yeah. I would know I'd go insane if I was stuck in a Disney hotel for three months. Yeah. Right. Well, but, this is, that's why they can't do it for the MLB and NFL. Cause the NFL was four months, not even including the playoffs. They'd have to be locked yeah. in away from their family. That's so. many more people. Like the NBA is really yeah. not that many people. It's yeah. like 20 people per team counting in the coaches, the trainers, all that. And so in the NFL, it's going to be a hundred. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much all we've got for today. Our first episode in a while. Uh, hopefully, we'll we're probably going to make another one soon. Um, going to start pumping them out now that the season started. Got a lot of things. Reflecting to on our predictions. Everything. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.